Well, church family here in the sanctuary and radio listeners, it is my privilege to introduce to you our speaker of the day, Reverend Dr. Tina Pitamber. Would you give her another warm welcome, all right? Amen. Now, this is especially for the benefit of our radio listeners. Radio listeners, Dr. Tina Pitamber is the minister of our Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene in Richmond Hill. And she has been pastoring this church since we started it back just over seven years ago. And we love her and appreciate her. And I want her to just tell radio listeners where you're located, Dr. Tina, so that those of you up in the Richmond Hill area, if you do not have a church home, we want to encourage you to go and worship with Dr. Tina Patamber and wonderful family. So just tell folks where you're, where you're located. Our worship services are held every Sunday at 11 o'clock at the Cosmo Music School, which is 10 via Renzel Drive, Richmond Hill, Ontario. So if it is between uh, Major McKenzie and Elgin Mills, right off of Leslie Street. And we're there every Sunday, 11 o'clock in the morning. We start on time and we have a great service. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, the title of the message is The Power of Faith, Do You Believe? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 19. Again, the title is The Power of Faith, Do You Believe? This is what the writer writes. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a strange, er, stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, as he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. 
People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word. This is your spoken word. This is your written word, O God. And we pray in the name of Jesus that we would hear from you, that you would speak to us now, Lord. May we have our focus and concentration on you, Lord. We continue to pray for for our people around the world. O God, there is so much turmoil. There is so much going on, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you, we would come against evil in the name of Jesus. That we would come against anybody scheming or planning to do wrong, O oh God. And we pray in the name of Jesus that only love would conquer. That your love would shine bright. That you, God, would be the light of this world. And that you, God, would use us as your people to be a light. Not just here in this local church, but outside in our workplaces, outside in the public, O oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus that we would be a people that stand stands up and have courage, O God, to do what is right, to live what is right, and to follow you wholeheartedly, O Lord. So may you, God, just take this time to allow us to hear from you, and may you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much for again having me. And the, uh, the title of the sermon is, The Power of Faith, Do You Believe? The author of this passage begins by giving us a definition of the word faith. He says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. If you want to break this down even further, the word being sure can be translated as, now faith is this resolute confidence. Now faith is this calm courage. Now faith is the proof of. This is the first part of the verse of being sure. The second part says, what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, what does that really mean? It means that some realities, some things in life are unseen because they belong to the spiritual realm. They do not belong to the physical world. I say this all this time. The physical world is not as real as the spiritual world. The spiritual world we cannot see, but it is real for us as Christians. What we see, we see, I see Pastor Nick, I see Pastor Lucas, Pastor Lisa. I see that with my eyes, but there's something called the spiritual world in which God operates in. And so we must recognize that there is a spiritual world. In either case, the person of faith lives out this bold confidence in God's greater realities. This means I don't see it, but I believe it. This means faith is believing for something to happen in our lives, even though it hasn't happened. You expect what has not happened in the physical world will happen because you believe in God. You believe in God. You expect the spiritual world to override the physical world. And that's what we operate in as Christians. You expect a manifestation to happen in your life because you believe. And so... I don't always understand everything. Not everything in my life makes sense. I don't have logic to everything. But because I trust in God, I know something will happen. I know something will happen. And so, faith is evidence. 
It is confidence. It is proof to God that you believe. This is how the people in the Bible lived. And we just came back from the Holy Land. It was very nice to see the Holy Land sites again, to see where God did his work. And the question today for you as you think about your walk with God is, do you have faith? Do you believe? Um, Is there something in your life you're waiting for? Is there something in your life that you're believing for? Because that what is faith is all about. Without faith in Jesus Christ, we have nothing. Without faith, we have no belief. Without faith, we have nothing to stand on. In fact, I would even say, without faith, there's no point in coming here Sunday by Sunday. But because we have faith, because we believe, even though we haven't seen, even though we haven't received all the promises that God has told us, even though we don't know how the future is going to unfold, because we have faith, something is going to happen in our life. And it all starts with faith. Do you have faith? And at this point of the passage, the author begins to shape for us what it means to have faith. And it's really a rich passage, a really deep passage, the the colorful passage of explaining what faith really is. He says in verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So the first confession is, is how the world came into existence. And we believe that God spoke and it happened. We believe that God spoke and the world came into existence. That means God can take nothing and make something out of that. Do you understand that? That's amazing. And so firstly, in my uh, PowerPoint slide here, number one, faith is believing God. Do you believe that God can create something out of nothing? Well, we have to believe that because that's what we believe about the universe, about the world, that he created something out of nothing, which means that God can do something out of the situation that you are going through right now. And so either you believe or you don't. There is no in-between when it comes to faith. You either believe or you don't. The Bible also calls us as Christians. You either are a solid Christian or you're not. Jesus says, I do not want any lukewarm Christians. The same thing with our faith in God. Either you believe or you don't. No in-between with the Lord. And the key here is if you believe that God can make something out of nothing, then you have faith. You have faith. Now, some people may come to you and say, well, I don't believe in God because I don't see him. I don't believe in God that he created the world. That's because they want to believe in only in something they see or in someone. But when we say that we believe that there is a God, when we say that we believe that God created the universe, we are saying we have faith. And that is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Either you have faith or you don't. And don't spend your days, family and friends, don't spend your days trying to figure out everything in your life. Don't spend your days trying to put logic to what's going on in your life. We need to understand that we live by faith. Not by sight. And when you live by faith, when you talk like faith, and when you act in faith, great things are in store for you and me. Amen? So the author now begins to move in this passage. He begins to point out some key men and women. And he says, he begins with Abel and Cain. He says, the word of God says, by faith, Abel offered a better offering to Cain. Now, why was that the case? 
Well, some scholars say it's because he brought his best before the Lord. Others say that Abel's offering was the correct type of offering. There's always a debate about what is going on. But if you read what God's word says in Hebrews, it says, by faith, by faith. This means it was an attitude of faith that Abel brought to God. And that is why God was pleased. Which means that faith is an attitude. That's point number two. Faith is an attitude. Because Abel's attitude is correct. The author even says in Hebrews that even though Abel is dead, we are still talking about his faith. Isn't that great? When we pass away, we want people to still talk about our faith. And so Hebrews is saying to us that faith is, begins in the heart. It's this internal belief in God and then it's expressed through in action. People of faith, you, you know that there are people of faith because they're busy trusting the Lord. They're busy praying about God's business. They're busy doing the work of God. That is faith tangible. But it starts here in the heart. We have to believe. And so faith is an attitude. Now, the question today is, are you like Cain? Are you angry with God? Because Cain was angry with the Lord. Because God had looked at Abel's offering with more favor. And the word of God says in Genesis 4, it says, God said to Cain, If you do what is right, you will be accepted. Maybe today we're not seeing a reward in the Lord because we have the attitude of Cain and not Abel. Make the choice today to have the attitude of Abel and have faith in the Lord. Don't complain about your life. Don't compare your life to other people. That's what Cain was doing. Well, God, you like that person better. Well, God, you're blessing that person more. God does not want us to complain or to compare ourselves. We need to be like Abel. Whatever you have to offer to God, by faith, give it to God and see what he will do. Amen? And, you know, uh, that's what tithing is all about. Tithing is not about money. It's about saying, God, this is my expenses. This is what I'm going through right now. And you're saying by faith, God, I'm going to give you my 10% to the Lord. Now, I've been tithing since I was 18. So there's, I see a lot of young adults, young people here. There's no excuse. Please don't say that you don't have money. We need to trust God in everything. Amen. And so I started to tithe, remember, and... That is what it means when we tithe to God. We're saying to God, you know what? I don't know how the rest of my life's going to work out. I don't know what's going to happen in the next week, the next month, and the next year. But I'm giving you my first offering to you. And in faith, I believe, God, you're going to work it out. That is why Abel's offering was acceptable to the Lord. He didn't bring his leftovers. He didn't pay off everything else and then give to God. He gave to God first. And God blessed him, and he was able to pay everything else. And so when we think about the pledges, and, you know, Pastor Nick did not ask me to say this, but I feel led to do this. I see in your bulletin, it's at 13000 and plus change, and, and your goal is 21000 I want to encourage you, church family, maybe you've been pending on your pledges, and you're saying to God, you know what, I want to give, but I'm not sure. Well, I want to encourage you that you can do it. I want to encourage you that you can give your tithing plus pledge. I did it when I was in university, and I didn't know how I was going to make it, and I made it. Then I was going through my 18 to 22-year age bracket, and I gave to God tithing, and I pledged. I was involved in four or five campaigns here. And I, I believe and trust and know that God was able to pay every bill for me. God was able to provide. And I want to encourage you today that if you're saying to yourself, I'm just not sure, today's topic is, by faith, we can do it. By faith, 
When you come together as a church family, great things are in store for us. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to pledge, that you would take this time to be challenged to do so. And I believe and know that God will do wonderful things in your life. Amen? And then the author goes on to say, thank you, Pastor Nink. I know you're my biggest fan. Then the author moves on to Enoch. He says, Enoch, by faith, he did not experience death because he walked with God. Can you imagine that? He didn't die physically. He went with the Lord. And the word of God says, Enoch pleased God. The writer says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. So what does this mean? It means that faith pleases the Lord. And believing that God exists pleases the Lord. Seeking him pleases the Lord. Don't go home and spend your week and listen to different people saying God does not exist. He doesn't know what he's doing and the world is in turmoil. We shouldn't believe. We, the word of God says believing in God pleases the Lord. Believing in what he's doing pleases the Lord. And that's number three. Faith pleases God. And so if all we ever bring to God... God, I'm going through this. This is my problem right now. This is my situation. Or if we bring a complaining heart to God, we bring to God our pain and our trouble, this is not going to please God. But if we bring our faith, if we seek the Lord, if we believe in him, this is what moves the Lord. This is what catches God's attention. That person, that woman, that man is praying and interceding. That person is walking in faith and not by sight. This is what gets the Lord's attention. And the word of God says that if, because of our faith, the word of God says he will reward us. Maybe, just maybe, the reason we haven't received our reward or we haven't seen a breakthrough in our life is because we don't have faith. We don't have faith. We don't believe in the Lord We are not sure about God. We're sort of up and down when it comes with the Lord. And God is saying to us today, I want you to trust me. I want you to seek me. And I want you to know that I love you. Amen? The next person on this list was Noah. Verse uh, 7. It says, by faith. You'll notice the author says, everything is by faith. Do you notice that? It doesn't say by uh, doubting by skepticism, by criticism, by negative thought. It says, by faith, right? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. But by his faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. So what does that mean? Well, God asked Noah to build this boat because the Lord said, I'm bringing judgment. Unfortunately, back in those days, the people were in their wickedness. They were in their sin. And God, the word of God says that God grieved that he made mankind. It doesn't mean that God regretted making us as the children of God. Many of you are parents. You know what it's like to have children. And sometimes your children doesn't always listen to you. And it can cause pain in your heart, right? Even with grandchildren. That's the kind of pain that God was experiencing. And so he was saying, you know what? I'm going to wipe out the entire, the entire world. And so he said to Noah, I want you to build an ark. And because of Noah's faith, Noah acted on the message of God. And his family was spared. What allowed Noah to do this? Well, it was his faith. And number four today is faith is believing and acting on God's word. On acting on God's word. Question, are you willing to be like Noah 
and make yourself a fool before others to do God's work. Sorry, I just, I'm still, uh, I, I had a cold a couple weeks ago and I'm still struggling. Noah built this uh, boat because God told them to. Now, this was a foolish request to do because they had never seen rain. But Noah built it anyways. Is there something God asks you to do? And you know that if you do it, others will think you are a fool. They will think you are crazy. They will think you don't make any sense. But that's the thing about faith. It doesn't make sense all the time. All the time. We don't have to understand. We just have to trust what God is saying and trust what God is asking us to do. And maybe God wants you to act on faith. And you need to say to yourself today, Lord, maybe I need to stop listening to myself because this path I'm going on is taking me nowhere. I'm going in the wrong direction. Maybe we need to say to ourselves, Lord, I need to stop listening to my family, to my friends, to my coworkers, to my doctors, and I need to start acting in faith. I need to start acting in faith. Are you willing to lean on God and to act in faith rather than on logic? Okay, let me tell you something. I have an undergrad in science. So for me, logic is very important. I can do math and I can do science. That's why when God called me to this, this was a very big mystery for me. Okay, I don't even like English. And here I have to write sermons every week, read, and, and so forth. English was actually my worst subject in school. So this is very funny and ironic. And I like to understand things. I like to see puzzles and make things work and understand. And so when something doesn't work out in my life and I don't understand, it can get me very frustrated. But the more and more I walk with the Lord, He is saying to me to walk by faith. To walk by faith. And I challenge you today, just like Noah, will you walk in faith? Will you stop trying to figure everything out and wonder what's going to happen? You don't need to know. We just need to trust in God. And if you act on faith, you'll notice in the word of God, it says his whole family was spared. Eight people were spared because they listened to God. Perhaps the Lord wants you to know that if you will just walk in faith, do what he's asking to do, and believe in the Lord, there are blessings in store for your family. There are blessings in store for your children and your grandchildren. But it has to start with you, parents and grandparents and and generations before. Children are looking to see the older generation to take the torch and carry it on. And so... We want to encourage you to to walk in faith. And this was the blessing. The blessing for Noah and his family was they didn't die. This is very important. There are some things that God is speaking to you about. And because we are not sure, you're losing the blessing. You're losing the blessing. And God is saying to us today, will you walk in faith? The only way to find out, church, is to walk in faith. That's the only way to find out. And then it says in verse 8, as he talks about Abraham, he says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive an inheritance, obeyed, and went. Even though he did not know where he was going. This is what the writer says. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. And so... So faith is obedience to God. Faith is obedience to God. It's similar to the situation with Noah. And that's number five. Faith is obedience to God. It says, Abraham went even though he did not know where he was going. 
What does that mean, church family? It means he didn't know what was up ahead of him. He can't see the future. He's only a human person. But because God said it, he believed. He believed. And God is calling some of us here. You're entering into a new phase in your life. Maybe a new job. Maybe you just got married. Maybe you're a new parent. Maybe you're starting school. And for you, this is a strange time in your life. You don't know how to run things. You don't understand what's coming. You don't know where you're going. And so the Lord is saying to you, that's okay. Because if God is leading you, you will find your way. Amen? This is what I did when I changed careers. I I told you, I was at the University of Toronto studying my science degree. And then when I was 19, I was walking home from the subway from a course. And God was talking to me. And I remember God saying to me, I want you to drop what you're doing and move on to ministry. Well, at the time, I didn't understand. I didn't know. And so I made the wrong choice by sort of ignoring for two years. And I want to encourage you today not to do that, but to walk in faith with the Lord. When he calls you, to go. When God is speaking, we need to listen. And when he calls us to do something, to be obedient to the Lord and not to make excuses with God. Because God is looking for us to be obedient to the Lord. And so this is what I did. And you know, it was a hard transition because I had all my friends, they were in the science degree. And when I told them, you know what, I'm changing tracks, they were like, well, why are you doing that? And then I said, well, I feel God is telling me that. Now, my friends were not Christians. So, you know, if I say to somebody that's not a believer and I say, well, God's telling me, well, they're just like, well, what does that really mean? But again, are you going to listen to your family and friends or are you going to do what God asked you to do? Because that's what God is looking for in his people. The good news is, I made it. I did my university degree. I did my master's degree. Rosa Church allowed me to open up the church in Richmond Hill. And now I finished my doctorate. I made it. You can make it too. But it's going to require faith. Will you be like Abraham and enter the strange land? Even though you don't know where you're going. Or what you are doing. But you're trusting that God will lead you, will lead you. And so the author says in verse 11, by faith, even though, by faith, even though he was past age, Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered himself faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man and as, 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 and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky And as countless as the sand on the seashore. Number six today is faith is trusting in God's promise. Faith is trusting in God's promise. God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah. He said, you're going to have a son. And that they would be the one to have uh, descendants as numerous as the stars. But here is the problem. Abraham was super old. And Sarah... (laughs) was barren. (laughs) Now, has God made you a promise like that? An impossible promise? Has God been talking to you like he was talking to Abraham and Sarah? I'm telling you, you're going to have a son. Can you imagine Abraham and Sarah sitting in their, uh, you know, like their little cove area, wherever they were, and uh, having their Tim Hortons, right? And, um, you know, God's telling us we're going to have a son. and And they're thinking to themselves, what's going on here? And that it's going to take a miracle to do what God is telling you to do, just like he did with Abraham and Sarah. Now listen, I'm a smart person, and let me tell you something. The Bible says Abraham was old, Sarah was barren. Old man, barren woman does not equal son. Okay? 
That's a gentle way of putting it. But in God's economy, in God's spiritual realm, in God's plan, in God's purpose, anything is possible with the Lord. And so, he was able to have the son because they believed. They had faith. And so, I want to encourage you today, if God told you that you're going to have a son or a daughter, then by faith, it's going to happen even if the doctors say you can't have children. If God made you a promise that your son or daughter that has been wandering from the Lord and doing the wrong thing, if he made a promise that they're going to come back to God, then it's going to happen because God said so. If God made you a promise that you're going to be healed, then by faith it's going to happen even if you've been sick, even if you've been going to the hospital week in and week out. If God says that you're going to have, this is for me, if God made you a promise that you're going to be married, then by faith, you're going to have a spouse. Even though you've been single for 1, 2, 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. God made you a promise that you're going to be financially well off, then by faith it's going to happen even if you are in debt. Why will it happen? Because when God says something, it happens. When God makes a promise, it will be done. Amen? And it all happens by faith. By faith. And so the verse continues on in verse 13. It says that all these people, it's talking about Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac, were still living by faith when they died. This is amazing. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Now, what does it mean that these people died in their faith? It means that they died in a state of trust. This is amazing. It's inspiring. Abraham and Sarah and their son, they, Abraham and Sarah got to see the, the, the promise of having a son come to pass. But they didn't really get to see the promise of you're going to be the father of many nations. The father of many nations. And so what that really means is they died believing in the promise to come true. And the thing is, it all did come true, but they didn't live to see it happen in their life. Which means faith is ongoing. There are some things in life that you're not going to see happen in this lifetime, in your physical lifetime. For example, we believe by faith, nobody really knows if heaven or hell is real, but by faith we trust that there is a place called heaven and a place called hell. Some of the promises that God makes to you in your lifetime will not happen in your lifetime. will happen in your children and your grandchildren and the generations to come. The question is, will you still serve God before you die? Will you still believe in God's promises before you die? Will you still trust God before you pass away? Because if you do this, then this is what we call faith is ongoing. I think this is great. That we can be in our deathbed at one point, but still trust in the Lord. Amen? And then finally, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He says, he who had received the promise is about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the, the death, from, from the dead, from death. Number H, your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. You know what? This is an important truth today. Abraham and Sarah, they had their son. And now God asked Abraham, go sacrifice your son. 
Why? Genesis 22 says, because it was a test. And in life, you and I will have our faith tested. And when your faith is tested, will you still have faith in God? Will you still believe? Abraham made a choice to have faith, even though this test did not make sense. I'm sure he was thinking, Lord, why did you tell me I'm going to have a son? Now you're asking me to sacrifice my son? What kind of God is this? Is he confused? That's what some of us might be thinking when we're going through. It's similar to, Lord, why did you give me a child? I got pregnant after all these years of being barren, and now I have miscarried. Some of us know people like that. Lord, why did my son or daughter come back to God after all these years of going off with the wrong crowd? And now they're back with those friends of theirs. Lord, why did you heal me from my sickness? I've been battling this sickness for so long. You healed me. And now I'm back in the surgery room. I'm back at the doctor's. Lord, why did you let me meet the right person after so many years of being single? And now it didn't work out. And I'm single again. That's, just, that's not my scenario. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> Lord, why did you give me success in my business this past year? And now I've lost everything and I'm back to square one. Why, why, and why? Because our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tested. And here's the key. Despite all of that, will you still have faith? Will you still believe that God will work it out? This is the climax of where people get lost. You know, everything's going fine, and then something happens, and some people retract and never return. But if you have faith, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going, even if your faith is being tried. And here's why Abraham kept going, because verse 19 is key. It says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back. Some of us are in this moment right now, God gave you a promise, and you're waiting for it to happen. And you might be in the promise, the tension right now is, God gave you the promise, it's fulfilled, but it's like God is taking back that promise. That's where you're living right now. You're living in the tension of what God told you, and you're living in the the tension of, but this is what my life looks like. And what God told me doesn't match up my reality. And now we are like Abraham and have reasoned, we need to be like Abraham and say and reason that no matter what, God is going to work it out. He's going to work it out. You want to know why? Because he's a God that heals. He's the God that provides. He's the God that protects. He's the God that sees everything. He's the God that knows everything. He's the God of comfort. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's the God that works everything out for our good. Even if we go off the wrong track, God still use it for our good because that's the God we serve. Amen? And so faith isn't easy. Faith is hard. But if you and I want to experience what God has for us, Faith is necessary. Will you choose today? This is your challenge. Will you choose today to remove all your doubts? Remove all your fears? Remove the hurt that you've been experiencing? Remove your pain? And will you exercise faith in God again? Here's the truth today. These people in the Bible that we just read, some of you have your phones, you can look in your phones. These people, they're real people. 
They lived. We went to the Holy Land. We saw the sights. It is a real deal to believe in Jesus. And they received their reward. God wants us to receive the blessings from him as well. But we need to exercise faith. And first and foremost today, that we need to know and set aside for sure, is do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's God that became flesh, came to this world, came as a baby, was born, became 33, died on the cross for your sins and for my sins, so that we could have eternal life, so that our sins are forgiven. You've been carrying around guilt in your life, and you've been carrying on, I don't, I don't understand what life's all about, and you're not sure what to go and what direction. I want to encourage you today to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Amen. And when you do that, your sins are forgiven, and you are ready for heaven. That is the first step in exercising faith. And then as you continue your walk with God, let us be like these men and women. Faith is believing in God, that God can do something out of nothing. Faith is an attitude, that God is looking us for having the right attitude when we give our offering to the Lord. Faith is pleasing God in all things, not giving our complaints, not giving our hurts and our pains to God, but to please God by having faith. Faith is believing God's word like Noah and Abraham, that if God said it, it will be done. Nobody can go against the word of God because when God says something, it will be done. His word stands forever. And faith is trusting in God's promise. doesn't matter how old or how young or how uncertain your situation looks like. doesn't matter what your family or friends are saying or what the doctors say. God has the final word and he has the final say in our situations. Faith is ongoing. It means church family, doesn't matter how old you are, if you pass away, faith is ongoing. God wants you to continue to trust in the Lord even in the state of death so that your faith continues on with your children and your grandchildren. And finally today, maybe this is your situation. You're in the middle of your promise. You're in the middle of a situation. Your faith is being tested today. Will you be like Abraham and Sarah? Will you be like Abraham? No matter how hard it is, you will keep on going. Will you do that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you indeed for this word. We thank you for this spoken word from your Bible, O God. And we pray today that as we walk out of here, that we would be enriched in our faith. God, we don't want to be average. We want to trust in the Lord. Trust you with our families. Trust you with our friends. Trust you with our finances, God. Trust you with our health. Trust you with our marriages. Trust you in our work situations. Trust you in everything. In everything. We believe, oh God, we want to be like these men and women. We want to be in the hall of fame of faith. God, you have been faithful to us. We want to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we sing this closing song, Pastor Dick will come, we want to invite you to come to the altar for a time of praying. Maybe you want to respond to the message. Maybe you have a need that you would like one of us as pastors to pray with you. Whatever you feel called to, we want to invite you to the altar. Amen. Amen. Well, church family, isn't she a beautiful firecracker? And as Dr. Tina said, she's now working on her MRS degree. 
I am, uh, I am screening applicants for her. But single men, fear not. I've learned how to handle her. Talk to me. I will equip you and help you out. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Tina Batamber, for a tremendous message. Amen. Amen. What a powerful message on faith. And on this wonderful day, this can be the day when you, you start your personal faith journey with the Lord. Amen. This can be the day when you repent of your sins and you, you put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord and you know in your heart that you are saved, you are forgiven, you're adopted into the family of God and you're bound for heaven. And as she said in point number eight, yes, your faith will be tested, but through those tests we grow. We grow. We grow closer to the Lord. Amen? We learn to trust Him even more. Some of you are going through tests right now, as she said. I want to encourage you to persevere. Pastor Tina and I want to encourage you to hang in there and say, Lord, I am making it and I will make it because you hold my hand. In Isaiah, the Lord says, He holds our hand. He lifts us up. And so as we sing this beautiful song, those of you who wish to come and spend some moments in prayer, you come, kneeling or standing around this altar. For some of you, this is the first time you're going to begin your spiritual journey with the Lord. Others of you are, are, are wanting to say, Lord, I'm going to persevere in this faith journey, and I won't let anything cause me to detour or to fall off the tracks or to lose my way with the Lord, but rather I will fix my eyes on Jesus. Amen. And I will remain committed, wholly devoted to Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, Master, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Would you stand, please? Would you stand? Those of you who wish to come and pray, you come, 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 come as we sing, come.